0: What's up, party people? This is Alex Waltz, and you're listening to Bitcoin Reservations. All right, motherfuckers, this is a crazy week, okay? This is going to be a crazy episode. At some point, we're going to read a suicide note, okay? We're literally going to read a suicide note. But before we get there, let's take it a bit more easy, all right? Let's, um, let's try to take a bit of the entropy of the universe. Let's try to see what... You know, let's try to... I, I don't even know what to call it. I'm just, I'm just going to play this clip right now, Okay? And then we're going to talk about it.
1: Important dates of the upcoming astrology for Bitcoin in January, 2021. January 11th, Saturn exact by degree. Will it be on the Bitcoin? Mercury could be like structural attempts or institutional attempts to reel in or restrict, but with Mars here, trining the Capricorn planets, of Bitcoin looks kind of like a correction or a time of restriction where Bitcoin's like, I'm going to keep growing.
0: I'm going to keep growing. All right.
1: January 13th, we have a new moon in Capricorn, Sun, Pluto, right on the Bitcoin Jupiter. Jupiter, Jupiter-Pluto is like atomic expansion energy, definitely looks like a growth point. January 19th looks favorable. Venus, right on the Bitcoin Sun, Sun on Bitcoin's Jupiter. So 18th to 19th look big. The 28th does have a full moon in Leo happening right on the Bitcoin South node, which South node equals decrease or like letting go. And the moon usually equals the people in event charts. So it could mean that there's a big sell-off. Um, maybe we reach a price high and then there's a sell-off. So there's like a price correction because this looks, this looks deflationary. Or not deflationary, but like downward. Important data.
0: Not deflationary because downwards because these are the same thing. So I don't, you're probably thinking, where the fuck do I find all these fucking videos? I spend a lot of time on TikTok. And I've got to some deep parts of, of Twitter, by the way, which people don't know exist. But anyway, you have this girl. her name is Mayrin. I think that's how you pronounce your name all right and um she's into astrology, okay and what is a woman doing actually when she's doing astrology for you well you seem to you seem to have this thing called life and this thing called life since they have a lot of aspects to it and it's really complicated and it's hard to to live right and there seems to be this notion of future even though that's a thing that you perceive it doesn't really exist from a physical point of view but there's this idea of the future of thing happening in the future and people have a lot of distress because of this thing right so and by the way when you're looking around there's a lot of moving parts so you're trying to always guess the future somehow now you know people are really good at guessing the future most of the time like if you're going to juggle some balls you're pretty much gonna guess the future but that's also because you have the reason why that easy is because you have control over the bowls you're juggling or knives or whatever you're doing uh, but also there's not that that many data points but when it comes to life and more complex aspects of life it's really hard to do that right well we're lucky because there are some people who believe that the alignments of the planet somehow have <laughs> certain implications and they can you know uh, make life easier for you by telling you what's going to happen in the future. And now, even more so, this girl thinks she can use the dark arts because she is practicing the dark arts. I recognize people when they're practicing the dark arts. And she can use the dark arts magic and tell us things about the Bitcoin price. And also, by the way, this is a picture of her, uh, <laughs> of her, of her Instagram. So, I mean... What's more trustworthy than this? What's more trustworthy than this, literally? What is it? I mean, she has the son on one boob. That's the left boob. She has the father on the right boob. And she has the Holy Spirit downstairs. The Holy Spirit is downstairs, man. What do you... I don't know I I'm, I'm left speechless. And by the way, if this isn't a sign of Bitcoin fucking being mainstream, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I don't know, I'm just curious like who are these people? Who the fuck are these people who really live an adult life and and then they they see these bad correlations that other people put forward and they're like, "You know, I'm going to live my life like this." Who are these people? What well, how how do you get to do those things? You know? And I'm not trying to say there's not some room for mysticism, by the way. I think there is some. But this is just I don't know. But but honestly, I don't think she even believes this Bitcoin thing. She just saw there's like some Bitcoin stuff and maybe she's even trolling a bit by doing it. I don't maybe she doesn't believe. But apparently she uh you see what she does. She has even a website and whatever, and she's really into like practicing the dark arts. You know? So I don't know. But but I'm just trying to understand like like what's happening here with this thing. What the fuck is happening here? How 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 I'm trying to understand like who I don't know. I'm just for, for the people who are listening and don't understand there's this girl in this bikini that has the the the, the Holy Trinity written on her bikini. And I don't know how to grasp with this. I don't, I don't know wh- what does that even mean. It's, it's like I don't know how to react to it. You know, my brain goes like, what? Uh, I, have, I, have, I have another thing that, that was really shocking. Like this, A friend of mine actually told me about this, by the way, when I was a bit younger. A friend of mine told me once. She goes like, dude, listen, I met this chick. And she took off her underwear, tied her hair up, and gave me a blowjob. Now, when I've heard this, I, th- I thought I was like, what? What do you mean? It's like you ask so many questions and you're trying to understand, like, how does Juan do that? And first of all, is that the first time? No, it's not the first time because she's probably doing good with some text. So how come she got the conclusion that that's a good way to do it? And why is she doing it? Right? There's so many questions at, at the same time. And I don't know where to start from it. It's the same thing with this. It's like, what? what? Isn't this like against it? So you're kind of like trying to you know cater to the people who are kind of not believing god but kind of do but is it a joke but is it not a joke do you believe in those things like what's actually happening here what is fucking actually happening here i'm trying to understand i don't know i don't know i think like at some point when i used to be a kid and i used to find weird stuff on the internet i used to be like damn man the, the internet is a weird place you know but it would be some obscure things but now, like, everyone has a podcast. Everyone has, like, a, a platform and whatever. And, well, these things probably were always as big. But I just didn't have any exposure to them. But I don't know. I don't just know what to make of this. And I just feel like I wanted to share this with someone. Which, by the way, by the way probably is just the most genius marketing in the world. Do something weird. And, uh, and you know, people are going to... Because she gets, she gets like, she, she says it, though, by the way. Not financial advice. This is, DC, I don't, I don't know what this means. This is just for looking at price trajectory. So yeah. Oh, but by the way, to be honest with you, I'm I'm trying to understand. Like, you know what? It would be interesting if if somehow, for some miracle, she's right about those things. You know what? I would want to have the. I would want to have the. Uh, what's her name? Marin. I want to have the Marin indicator. By the way. And see how good she performs compared to Tone Vase. That's what I want to do. I want to have a standoff between her and Tone Vase. You know? Tone Vase can have he's Oh, it's a nine here. Whatever type indicator he us- she's using. And she's just fucking like, you know, have some goat blood or something, draws a... St- whatever the fuck they do, you know, and then poses in her underwear, I suppose. You know? But anyway, I just thought this is a funny thing to look at. All right, let's move on. What do we have for the next topic? For the next topic, we have jet. Yeah, recently in America, this has been going down a lot of shit. Uh, a lot of people stormed the the, the Capitol. By the way, I just want to make something clear, first of all, right? I don't even know what the fuck the Capitol is, okay? I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I've, I, what the fuck do I have to do with America? You know, I don't know. I don't know your buildings. What if I would ask you, like, some obscure thing in Romania? I am not expecting you to know that, right? So don't fucking get mad at me because I don't know what the fuck is happening in that building. I know it's a fancy building. It shows up in the fucking movies. That's all I know about it, right? And anyway, I'm not interested in, like, normal politics. I'm not interested in politics in the country I fucking live in, or any country I ever lived in. You think I'm going to be interested in the fucking politics of some other country? So I don't know what the fuck happened, actually. That's what I'm trying to say. And I don't want to fucking know, because it's a waste of my fucking time. But, as far as I understood, that's an official building that the government or some people of the state hang out then and people broke in because apparently donald trump donald trump said something which i don't even know if that's true or he instigated it, but apparently that's what they think happened and jack jack made a sweet storm here where he said that um he's not so uh, pretty much he's 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 trying to say that he's not okay that he banned him but he had to ban him because it's their rules and at the end of the day it's their fucking business so if you don't like it then that's on you and by the way, in the last uh, in the at some point here he froze Bitcoin. He says that's why he likes Bitcoin because it's censorship resistant and decentralized. So that's pretty good. Uh and then he also mentioned, and this is well known, uh, that they already started working on an open source uh standard for social media. So I guess that's pretty that's good. And that's a good thing, but I don't even know how how that would work out. See, I, I don't think like uh, an open source social media standard or something like this is going to really play out that good if you get some people and you try to get them to work for this, you know? Because it's kind of, a, it's kind of half-assed doing it. Like If you have a company trying to do this, all the incentives are aligned. Everyone knows what they need to do. There's a certain um, amount of accountability and trajectory trajectory towards doing something, so that's going to work. right? Now, if you have on the other side a completely open source project where no one wants to do it and whatever, that's also going to work because there are going to be some people who align in the way that want to work on some things. And if the project is good and there's enough interest, the project is going to grow. But when you have a, a, a semi-variation um, um, a, a, a on these two models, I don't think it's going to end up working because you're going to end up in a place where people get paid and they need to do things, but no one can tell anyone what they're doing wrong. That's what I think is the biggest problem with open source, by the way. No one can say when something is doing wrong. Uh, and as, as good as that is, because you can't tell someone that's putting all their time that he's doing a shit job because he's not going to do it anymore, you know? And there's a, of course, there should be also the, 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 the thing that, well, if a project isn't, like, done well, no one is going to use it. Well, a lot of people who contribute to open source don't really care about that. So, is that also. But yeah, I mean, this is a good thing, by the way. This is a fucking good thing. I don't want to see this fucking open source thing. Because sometimes I'm fucking thinking like I'm saying some things, which I don't even think they're outrageous or something like that. But I could see how some people might get offended by them and bothered or whatever. Well, I don't offend I don't think I ever offended anyone. At least not online. But um they're a bit weird, you know, or they're, they're they're uncommon or something. So it'll definitely feel good to to be able to speak your mind, man. That's the worst feeling. And I don't feel that I don't feel like that. I don't feel that in real life. Like I don't think I've ever felt like that. But I think sometimes on the internet, I feel that, that you know, things are, you better be careful. You don't want to get kicked off this platform or something like that. But anyway, for me, that's not a big tragedy because if I, what would happen if I'd get, like, i just open a new account. Like, literally no one knows who I am, right? So I might not verify with my real name or something. So I don't think it's that a big of a problem. But, yeah, if you're someone who, like, has quite a big following or something, then, yeah, I don't know. And anyway, in spite of all these things, like people really started shitting on, on him for doing this. Um, and it, it does show that, again, they, they seem to be a bit more like left-leaning to some, even though I don't even know what it means actually, but I hear people say that, so maybe I shouldn't use that. But it do seem to be a bit like that from, from what their political orientation is. And people give them a lot of shit because of that. But I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? You're the CEO of this company. What do you do? And you have your company has to survive. You know there are a lot of people depending on the company surviving. So yeah, I don't know. I, I kind I don't think I can even imagine like what's the deal with this. But I think he he needs to to look at that. And by the way, he's still doing a lot just by trying to put an initiative, right? But anyway, so. This, uh, of course, this was like a, b- like I said, big news and whatever, and there was always this left versus right and whatever the fuck is happening. But interestingly enough, even Chain, anal- chain Analysis wrote, yeah, that's right, they are the devil, uh, wrote, the, um, wrote a post about this, right? And it's, it's an article on their blog, and it's pretty interesting because it's called alt-right groups and personalities involved in last week's capital riot received over 500k in bitcoin from French donor one month prior. Okay. Now as I read this article I was like, what is this? Are they trying to write a hit piece? What is this all about? And I did a bit of digging and uh, it is a bit interesting. Okay? It is a bit interesting and weird. So so there's this article, and there's another article by this website, Crypto Briefing and whatever. But let's just start with what analysis is. So apparently there's this person called Nick Funtis or something like this, right? And he's, he seems to be a young kid, and he, he's really into politics. And he seems to be a Holocaust denier or something like this. He seems to be one of these crazy people there. Uh, and he receives some donations in Bitcoin, okay? Well, no big deal. I don't know. That, that's the whole point of Bitcoin right, in the first place. Anyone should receive a donation, uh, should use the money, regardless of, of who the person is, right? But now Chainalysis started looking at um, and the funds and ended up being able to trace some address of some sort, okay, from all those donations, fr- from the donation that, uh, that came to him, to this one, to this one uh, ID, name, uh, to this one Namecoin ID, Pancake. Pancake, right? Now, I remember when I first read this, I was like, this sounds so familiar. Where the fuck did I hear this nickname before? And I couldn't piece it together, right? Anyway, so they find out who this guy is, and they, after this, they even found out his blog, which, by the way, when you, if you actually uh, do a few Google searches, it's not that hard to find. Now, this guy, by the way, was Laurent Belcher or something like this, Back Baclier or something like this, but he used to have this blog, which I remember, of course, headfucking.com. I remember his blog, because I know, and he used to hang out with Mircea Popescu and all these guys, right? Now, I'll be honest with you, even though I was around back then, I couldn't understand what these people were talking. You know, I, when I first heard of Mircea Popescu, I read his blog, I was like, I could not understand what's happening here. And then I went on Bitcoin assets and all those things and I couldn't make up what these people were talking about. It was really hard for me to follow. And anyway, at some point, he used to charge money for his website. A body of mine gave me a subscription. Uh, shout out to him for that. But I just couldn't understand what was happening. Two years later, I ended up reading the blog and understanding what's happening. Anyway, let's get back to the story. I'm drifting again. So this guy had this, this website head fucking and that's where I've heard of him, right? And... So it turns out. So so now uh, the chain analysis and these people are trying to make a case that this um, th- that that, that uh, alt right people are donating to um, to uh, to alt right uh, uh, sorry alt right supporters are are donating are donating are donating to these whatever people. Okay. Anyway, so th- gets more even interesting right now. Because so, th- this, this Nick Furious guy who apparently had no uh, is a call cost denial. I don't know what the fuck he did, right? He gets some Bitcoin from some address, uh, people started looking into it, and it turns out he's this guy. Now, weirdly enough, if you go to this guy's blog, okay, and he didn't post on his blog like since f- f- 5th of August, he found us on 14, right? He makes a post on 9th of December, all right? And of course, uh this is so crazy. Like all these people who hang out the, uh, on those RSC chats, they they oh, they always like like notepad files, right? So this is the same way this is, and this is a suicide note, right? And I think it's for real because, as this other article says here, there seem to uh, there seem to be some obituaries published, and this this website tried to look into it, and th- th- this guy is dead for real, okay? So, which is kind of sad, I guess. So, and you can find his suicide note. I don't even know if this is a good thing to do, like to, to share it or whatever. But it was interesting because this was the first time I ever read a suicide note. You know? I don't think I ever read one. And, um, well, when I read the suicide note, I was, you know what? I'll, I'm just going to be honest with you. I went through my head. So I heard a suicide note. And right before I started write, reading it, I remember thinking, like, what is actually happening there? What does that actually mean? you know? And I I remember there was this kid who I knew, and he committed suicide. This was when I was, like, 15 years old or something like that. And he used to do drugs, by the way. He used to do a lot of, like, pharmaceutical drugs and whatever. He went a bit crazy. He was a crazy artist, dude, also. But he went a bit crazy, and he offed himself. And I remember that I didn't know what to make about it back then, you know? I was like, that guy killed himself. But I didn't understand any ramification. I understood that his life ended, and I understood that he also had a suicide, and he couldn't take it, but I can understand what that represented for him, or what that represents, you know? And now, as I'm thinking about it again, it was that, you know, interestingly, in the Orthodox Christian, Christianity, if you kill yourself in some way, you're not allowed in the church. So that's an interesting thing, because I always find religion... Uh, religion, tradition, interesting. Some of them, because some of them have some merit somehow, right? So what is the merit of this one? Well, it has to do with self-harm, and from a biological point of view, th- I think that's how you, they. That's why even that's the pathological pat- aspect of suicide, by the way, is because you are you are going against the, this instinct you have of self-preservation, right? So even even religion somehow caught onto that, right? I guess also how they also say in different religions they're going to say because you shouldn't hurt no one, not even yourself. But anyway, so th- that, th- that's a pretty interesting thing when you think about it. And, but anyway, this one went through my head. This just went through my head. And I never read a suicide note before this. And as I'm reading this suicide note, as I'm going through it, it didn't, I, I was expecting something a bit more, a more desperate tone. I was expecting this guy to be a bit more, I was expecting to get scared. I was expecting to read something here and be like, (gasps) you know, I was waiting for that, but it never came. By the way, he even makes a joke at the end. Anyway, so pretty much this guy had a a poor health condition, and he says that his body is deteriorating, right? And then he he makes a few points here, and he says that actually he starts commenting on how society is in a decline, and how how he's a bit disappointed about all of this. And then he also goes on and and comments about, you know, how people give their liberties away, and there's some passages here where, where, you know, he's really sounding like, uh, I mean, he's a Bitcoiner. The guy had Bitcoin, by the way. And there's a lot of things that most of the Bitcoiners would agree here with, and I don't think they feel that there's anything extremist about it, right? But then he even makes a comment about how um, the Joy Floyd whatever thing, you know, that that people just, just took that out of proportions and whatever. So, you know, and he's making all these these comments and whatever. And at some point, okay, here's the here's the last paragraph, okay? This is right before Kansas Suicide Note. I'm going to read this. While it was a long-term trend this year in particular, has shown how submissive the population can be. First, when accepting unprecedented civil liberties violation on the pretense of a virus less dangerous than a seasonal flu. Then kneeling down for a career criminal whom, who happened to die of an overdose while resisting arrest or pretend to fight for freedom of sp- free speech while jailing people for their ideas oddly as trusted media ha- has a historical low the population has blindly accepted those reality distortions to top it all off f9 has been pushed back to 2021 he's talking about fast and furious <laughs> who does a suicidal like that He's talking about Fast and Furious because there's also other versions in French or whatever, and you can see it. Who the fuck ends a suicide note like this? And Anyway, he also says here that he's going to donate some of his Bitcoin to some cause he he cares about. So that was weird. That was a weird thing reading the suicide note and realizing that, wow, this guy, you know, uh, made a joke. He made a joke. And before, when I read a suicide note, before I found the other things, realizing that he really did kill himself, I thought this was a joke and people just overblown. Bam. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It was a weird thing. And it's sad, I mean, it's sad that some guy killed himself at the end of the day, you know, and just awful, man. With girls, it's awful. And what else do we have here in this uh, article? Yeah, and now, th- th- this, these people from the article, they're trying to, like, you know, squeeze as much as they can from this thing. And they, and somehow even these guys end up on the logs from Bitcoin assets, right? By the way, I don't know if you know this, but there was this this trading channel uh, where these people used the... Um, uh, a web of trust uh, model designed by eight to trade Bitcoin. And this is still out, by the way. You can still check these things. And what he ended up finding here was this this pancake person. He once t- to a trade with Fluffy Pony. And Fluffy Pony uh, commented on him, the trolliest troll, troll to trolls of Trollsville keeps people in line on Bitcoin talk. Which is whatever, man. Like a lot of people trade all day, you know. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. And then... This guy who writes The Rose the Beast, he goes, like, I'm writing a piece of the programmer who named Pancake and donated 500000 to the Capitol Hill writers, passed away. And then he says, like, you knew each other back if he wants to comment. then again, you know, Fluffy Pony just goes, like, I just knew him there, man. I didn't have a private conversation with him or whatever. So, yeah, this just shows, like, you know, the, the level of crypto Bitcoin journalism. You know, oh, but in this article, th- they found something very interesting, which I didn't knew. Apparently, Mir Chapopescu had a, a Twitter account and he tweeted at Antonopoulos and threatened him with his life, which I think is just funny because he says, Haha, funniest shit I saw a week. Hey, noobster. He's calling Andreas the noobster. Hashtag Bitcoin is all about privilege at Antonopoulos and at 30 something, whatever. Examine your privilege. And then Antonopoulos goes like, Admirchai Popescu. Today, yes. But today, yes. Bitcoin is an expression of extreme privilege. But it doesn't have to be that way. And then he goes back. Popescu goes back at Antonopoulos. But if it doesn't stay that way, I will find you and I will kill you with my bare hands. How about that? (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Now, look, man. These people used to troll a lot. They used to say a lot of fucked up things there. So, look, I don't know. Maybe it's not good to be, like, be threatening and whatever, but I don't know if these guys were serious. I don't fucking know. They used to say a lot of fucked up things uh, on that thing there, you know? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they also dig up this old uh, this old log from the channel there, which is on BTC base right now. And uh, apparently they talk about Slave Girls, which if you ever hang out in that chat, that was like, or if you know that what Misha Popescu was, that's a... That's a common theme there. And apparently, this guy says that, uh, I don't know, he makes a a comment about black people or something like that. You know, they're meant to be slaves or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they did. I don't know who this guy is. So, yeah. But anyway, getting back now to the original thing. So, Chinalis writes this piece, right? And then the other uh, people write it. And their conc- the conclusion that they're drawing is that uh, thank God for Bitcoin's transparency and we need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And that's very wrong and it's very antithetic to Bitcoin. Because you see, the whole point of Bitcoin is that even if you don't agree with what these people say, they should be allowed to transact money. Right? So then, but yeah, but you can say, but why if you don't agree with them? What about Hitler? Right? What about some person who's who's bad and whatever? Well, the thing is that uh, sometimes it's easy to see who's bad and, and, and raw and, and, and good. Sometimes it is, you know? Hitler is a bad person. There's no denial there's nothing there's nothing he can tell me, right? There's, there's no way you could go about it, you know, if you're a rational person and not say he wasn't a bad person. So it's easy to have a verdict on should we censor him, should we do those things? But cases like this are on that aren't that um, often the most often cases you meet are borderline things or things where you can't tell who's good or bad you know and in order to make sure everything works better overall it will be better if you let people speak their mind and it will be better if you let people uh, not be censored right because not all censorship is bad. And not most of the time, it's not just bad people or whatever. And I don't even, again, I don't know what happened here. I don't even fucking know what happened on the Capitol. Apparently, that that guy has a certain political orientation and he denied the caucus. Okay, I don't... I, I, but I don't know nothing more about it than that. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what... You know? I don't fucking know what these people... I don't know what happened there when these people went there to the to the fucking thing there. I don't know. So... I think what they're doing here is very wrong, by the way. I, again, I don't think that's wrong that they are analyzing data. Weirdly enough, I think that's something that should be done. I'm not like all these people on Twitter who say, like, you shouldn't look at analyze data because of ethics. No, dude, the whole point is to detach ethics from the blockchain. All right? That's the whole point. Blockchains are trolley problem proof. The trolley problem is the problem, like, there's this trolley that goes in, in, in two direct... That, 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 that has his, his brakes broken, right? And there's some people uh, on, on one side, and if they're going to go over it, it's going to kill one person. And then th- there's this other side here which is going to kill two people. And you're next to it. So you're, you're putting the decision where you're where you going to do Are you going to let it kill one person or, or two people, right? And this is a, a, an ethical problem. There's no correct answer to this, right? You could jump on and, and try to have some rationalization, but there's no correct answer here. It's a matter of ethics, right? And it's very circumstantial or something. Like, anyway, if you would have a bit more context there, then you can draw ethical conclusion to which is better, right? But the thing is, you see, Bitcoin is abstracting that away. And I'm not trying to say that ethics don't make any sense. They do make a lot of sense. The point is, they have them detached from the blockchain context, because the same way you have these ethics about like good people and bad people, well. That's what banks are, by the way, man. It's a monetary system run on ethics. And the OFAC list and all these things, man, those are some ethics. They don't like some people. And it's like, fuck you, get the fuck out of here. And the value proposition of censorship-resistant money, thermodynamic censorship-resistant money, is that we detach that away. We're not going to have these things. There's still people using these things. And you still have this human context. But not here, not on the chain, man. You can, you can take that shit whatever you want and solve it afterwards, you know? So yeah, I don't know what to say ab- uh, about, about these guys. And they also seem like they had a really like strong view on things. And there's another thing, you know? On Bitcoin Twitter, the feeling feels to me a bit more like people are a bit sympathetic of Trump. And again, I'm not going to go into debate and whatever because that there's too much uh, to talk about, but it feels a bit more like that. And it feels you're a bit more antithetical to this very left-winging thing. Left-winging view on the world, you know? So, and I just feel like this article was written by someone who's a bit more left-leaning, if you ask me. It really feels like that. I'm not defending against this guy. I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't know what the fuck. I don't care about him, but it really feels like that. It really feels like very, very one-sided. So, yeah. Anyway, Enough which your analysis. Ooh, this is a nice one. This is a very nice one. So we have another video right now which we're going to listen to, okay? So there's this woman, Christine Lagrande, who is, what is she? She's the chair and managing director of the International Monetary Fund. All right. So she's a person who does things with money. So you would expect her to know things about this, right? How old is she? I'm going to say her age. She's 65 years old, by the way. All right. And I think that's relevant, by the way. I'm not trying to be an ageist person, but I think that's really relevant to what's happening here. Let's play the video.
2: It is a speculative asset. Uh, by any account. I mean, when you look at the, at the most recent developments upward and now the most recent downward trend, it's it, for those who had assumed that it might turn into a currency, terribly sorry, but this is an asset and it's a highly speculative asset, uh, which, um which has conducted some funny business and some interesting and totally reprehensible money laundering activity. Uh, I think that there are criminal investigations that have taken place, that I'm sure will continue to take place, that demonstrate it uh, very clearly, and and there has to be regulations, and and this has to be a uh, this has to be applied uh, and and agreed upon. It's a matter that needs to be agreed at a global level because you know if there is an escape, uh, that escape will be used. So I think it needs to be to be, if 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 anything, it shows that global cooperation, multilateral action is absolutely needed, whether it's initiated by the G7, moved into the G20, and then enlarged, but it's something that needs to be, uh, to be addressed. And, and uh, FATAP is clearly an organization that has expanded in that respect.
0: So first of all, she's 65 years old. She's on menopause. She has to be. She has to be, right? She just has to be. Second of all, this is just grandma yelling at TV because she doesn't understand how how things work. I mean, what is there to say here? She she clearly doesn't understand what's happening. Okay. By the way, this is the second grandma that, that's yelling at a TV because last time we had that other one. What's her name? Uh, 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 the one that's named like the movie director. Anyway, so this woman doesn't understand what's fucking happening here. Right She has this tone where she feels a bit threatened, but I don't think she's she's threatened by Bitcoin itself because i even though this is opposing the institution she's working for and all that or whatever, I don't think it's attacking her personally, and I don't think the institution is taking that big of a hit yet. So I don't think that she's being attacked in that way, but I think in the way she's being attacked is that um she clearly doesn't understand what's happening, okay. She heard his thing, heard about his thing, she heard his thing is going up, and i she can't make up what's happening because she's sixty fucking five years old, man. that's what it is. she's like the, the age of my fucking grandma <laughs> i'm I'm sorry she doesn't understand what's happening, and she's trying to dismiss this thing somehow, and the only thing that she heard about this thing is that there's money laundering with it, which that's such a dumb argument first of all like. Do you think there's, there's something that hasn't been used for money laundering? I mean, think of anything, and I'm sure you're going to find some examples of it being used for money laundering. Even more than that, there's, like, a lot of research that shows that, first of all, all the KYC measures, by the way, they didn't, they're not combating money laundering. Like, there is people who looked at the data, and you can see this. And secondly of all, I mean, what money, what money laundering is bad? Because... If you're telling me right now there's some guy who's, like, I don't know, uh, doing something, like, really bad, I don't agree with terrorism or something, like, I'm going to be okay. Okay, I'm with you there. But why if there's someone who does, like, you know, who doesn't want to pay tax or something like that? Which most of the people in B1 are going to be like, yeah, that's kind of the whole point. And they have probably some good ideologi- ideology behind on wanting to pay tax, you know? So... I don't know, it's just she doesn't make any fucking sense and she's just saying a lot of stupid things. And I think probably also has to do with the fact that she's very old. I mean, the, lo- the world looks very different. And how is she going to understand this? There's two ways you understand Bitcoin, by the way. You sit down. This will take you a few years, by the way. You sit down and you start learning everything. And with each day or with each increment of knowledge that you gain, You started trusting a bit more. And then you get to the point where you're like, God damn it, I got it. Okay, that's how I did it. And it took me a few years, by the way. Even though I did jump head first from the first day I ever saw it, I didn't got it all the way. I had an intuition, a hunch, and I just went crazy with it. But it probably took me two or three years to really, really get it. Like, really properly get it. That's one way you can get Bitcoin. And the second way you can get Bitcoin is... You just accept it from the beginning. You just accept it. For whatever reason, you see it works or someone told you that it works, and you accept it. That's the only way you're going to get a Bitcoin. And by the way, the same thing happened with the internet. And when it gets to, it's going to be a point, a shelling point that people might call, that when enough people are using this thing, you're not going to need to doubt it anymore or understand it yourself. Everyone uses it, so it must be true. And this woman doesn't have a chance at doing the first thing. Why? Well, not because she's dumb. I'm sure she's a very intelligent woman. But because she, um, she doesn't have three years to spend digging on this thing. And even if she would, it would probably take her more than that because there's a lot of technical intricacies, which you need a few years just to understand those ones on yourself, But, but, but you know, on themselves. So she has no fucking chance in hell. You know, it's, it's just impossible for her to get this. And I don't know, maybe that's how I'm going to be also, or how you guys are also going to be when you're old, but what, you know, what do you do? The only position she can have here is this. She can't say that she doesn't she doesn't know, because that's probably going to be seen bad or something, which I think would be the most honest thing to say. So, yeah. She's just, again, she's just lagging behind. You know, I don't know what's her background. Let's look here on Wikipedia. What say if we have this open? I I and I, she 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 really looks like a very like the typical rich woman. I don't know why she looks like a rich woman. She looks like that that woman from uh from a what's her name? Oh yes, th- this is her. She gives me this vibe. She totally gives me this vibe, by the way. I should make a meme out of this. (laughs) I'm going to make a meme out of this when this is over and post it there. She totally looks like this. She totally gives me that vibe. Anyway, what's her? She was born in France. Okay. She was a professor of English. Oh, no, no, no. That's her parents. What did she do? It's swimming master's law. So she's a lawyer. Yeah, look. Yeah, I don't think she's going to get those things, man. It's pretty hard to get. It's pretty complex. So, yeah. But anyway, and then now it's also the fact that everything is happening on the internet and she has a position. And it's so hard not to double down sometimes. It really is, man. I don't care who you are. When you start being in a position, at a con- uh, start being in a position as a contrarian or contrarian or something like that, and there's a lot of people, it's hard. It's really hard. It's a, it's a crazy disease. So I kind of feel bad for her. I really do. Because uh, I'm not, I uh, honestly convinced that she really has like 100 percent bad intentions. So, yeah, but anyway, she's also on menopause. So that <laughs> that's. <laughs> probably like you know that adds to the whole fucking thing i don't know anyway what's next oh this is such a great tweet this is an incredible tweet also from ricardo fluffy pony there's this picture of this guy here okay on twitter that that's called scott greer and it says six feet 6.2 feet iq 187 and then uh fluffy Pony's comment is this is the non-crypto version of having that ETH in your address, uh, uh, that ETH address in your Twitter handle. And you know what? That's an incredible observation. That's such an incredible observation. And I think that's the same as having that huddle, you know? I didn't like the that huddle thing from the beginning, by the way, for two reasons. Well, first of all, that's a response to some stupid thing, you know? That's like you see someone doing something stupid in your house. And you know it's stupid. And you see it from across the road, and you go like, you know what? I'm going to do the same fucking stupid thing, but I'm just going to change the element that I'm using, you know? So that's why I didn't like it. And it has this whole like slave morality aspect of it, which I just, I'm just i not sympathetic with in any fucking way. All right, So that's why I didn't like it. Another thing I don't like is that uh, if your name is more than your name, you're an imbecile. Right? Why is that? Well, what is a name? So, the thing is that you have things that exist in the world, right? And you and you need to reference them. You just need to call them out. So, that's why we came up with names. And this also works with people, you know? And by the way, I remember I read at some point a few things, uh, some studies of some sort. Uh, I didn't read them all. I'll probably just read the beginning and the end. That said that... Um, they had some data that, that people who had easier to pronounce names and whatever, they were doing better in life, you know? So your name has a very practical r- use for you. And it's also probably going to shape your personality and all those things. So if your name is more than that, you're trying too hard. You know, your, your name should reference to you to be called. Now, I know what this guy is probably doing here, Mr. Scott Greer, He's probably thinking that, well, this is the first time you're calling my name. There's going to be some evaluation you have to do. Let me save you the trouble, buddy. I'm 6.2 and I have an IQ of 187. I, and I also think like this is done a bit like sarcastically because I don't know if you would, someone would really brag about this or something. Maybe the IQ thing, but I don't know. And what's the chance of like this guy really having this IQ? Because 187 is really, really high, like super, super high. It's probably like... We could Paul. Paul was good for this. He could kind have of worked this out. How many people on the planet would be, uh, would have this you. So I think that's a joke. But anyway, uh, very, very, very valid observation. You know, also another thing I don't fucking like is like when people put fucking emoji icons in their name. Man, I'm just a bit like, oh, dude. I put emoji icons also. I put a dick slinging thing. <laughs> that's what that means. It Means slinging dick, which. God damn it! i did the same thing i was i was uh talking against now i did as a response to everyone just adding those fucking like uh hornets oh my god that, that that's that's just like i don't know why but like i don't like that hornet thing I, I got a metaphor or whatever but everyone just being like i'm a hornet i'm a hornet it really felt like all the people who put that there in their name they're kind of like oh i know a lot of people actually who i really don't feel like they're like this but but it, they, they come off like this because they put that, that, that in their name. It's like they're, they're a pawn. I'm a bee. It doesn't matter somewhere. You know? That, 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 that's why I don't like the meme, man. It takes out this idea of individualism. Being a bee. You know? It really takes this out. I, I don't fucking like that at all. I don't like it. I don't like this whole, like, we're all in this together. No one matters. Bullshit, man. I don't like this fucking thing. I don't like this whole we're helping the network thing and, and we're doing it selflessly and whatever. I don't like that. What is that all about? That sounds like fucking communism to me. And what is the, why are you, are you even getting into Bitcoin if you're not getting a really, uh, um, something meaningful from it? And you can't get something meaningful if you don't have your own set of, 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 of very specific individual identity. Yeah, that's why I probably didn't like it. But anyway, we have some other tweets here. Let's keep on moving. So this this next tweet is from this girl called Setsi. I think it's pretty cute. I have to say it's pretty Setsi. I think it's trying to be a diminutive. Anyway, and she says, come on, clear, you dang manpool. And I, I even commented on this, and I really feel that people, I, I don't understand, I think people don't fucking understand how Bitcoin works. Because... What's happening there? What the fuck is this mempool? Well, the only thing you can do with Bitcoin is send and receive a transaction. So the way the protocol is designed, you're going to construct a transaction, which is going to be the money that comes in and the money that goes out. Sender and receiver if you want to dumb it down. Then you're going to have to do some signing of some sort using those private keys to prove that you really have access to, the, you, ha- you are the one who has the money who wants to spend it. And now when this transaction is done, okay, there's no money being moved yet. You take this transaction, which is just some instructions being written on where to move the coins from this part of the blockchain to this other part of the blockchain. You take this transaction and you you throw it in this big pile, which is the mempool, okay? Now, miners just hang around there and they know that if they take some transactions from this pile, put it in a block, and do some magic on it, it, right, some mathematical magic on it, they're going to get 6.25 Bitcoins from the nodes plus the reward of the transaction, right? So the mempool is just this kind of like purgatory of transactions, if you may, right? Now, the whole point of this is that the security model of Bitcoin works on people transacting. And this girl also pointed out there that actually, no, we also have the mining subsidy also have the mining subsidy but to be honest with you i feel that's more more than anything that that's like um that is a way to distribute the coins in a fair way it also serves as a good incentive for miners to keep mining but if that would be the only way this works then this would be a closed system on its own and you're gonna say but that's a good thing because bitcoin is closed and detached from anything else well Kind of is, but kind of not, though. Because you do want exterior things to poke at it somehow, if that makes any sense. And you're not going to have people doing this if there are no mining fees. There has to be economic activity. The way your your abstract notions from the exterior world of Bitcoin poke at Bitcoin somehow, right? It's through the mempool. The, mem- the mempool is where the fee market develops, Okay. And the fee market of Bitcoin—that's the first—that's Bitco- the first free market we ever had in human existence. And this whole craziness that that, that you see that the Bitcoin—it it starts from the mempool. If you would have like Bitcoin be like this big like Swiss watch or something like this, the most important cog, the one in the middle that makes all the movement or whatever, that would be the mempool. That's where the fee market happens. So you don't want that to be clear you don't you want it to be moving there and i don't think we're gonna get it well, well that's a stupid thing we might have we might get it cleared whatever but you don't want it to be cleared. it's not gonna be cleared in five years or something like that i don't think so and i think people really got th- another stupid meme that's going on on twitter is this whole like one set per byte thing where people are like oh i'm paying one set per byte which is fine i get it i want to pay one set per byte right but the whole point of Bitcoin isn't to be like, well, I, uh, actually, the whole I don't regardless of what the whole point of Bitcoin is, is that um, it, it's I feel it's a bit hypocritical because at some point Roger Ver was talking about like how he wants Bitcoin to have low fees. And, and the only prob- part that he got wrong is that he thinks that needs to happen on chain. He doesn't understand that you can have certain trade-offs and that could happen at a superior layer. That's what the Lightning Network does. Um, but now they see part doing the same thing, right? So they're, they're a bit like mad at the Bitcoin mempool not being clear so they can't get their fees in. Which is not the whole point. And even more so than that, it's like, you know why a Ferrari costs a lot of money? I don't know if this is a good example, but let's say so. You know why a Ferrari costs a lot of money? It's because it's good quality. It should be. I don't know. I didn't draw a Ferrari, but I would expect it is. And it's better than everything else. And it costs a lot of money to produce that type of engine. And that type of a car, so you don't want Bitcoin to have cheap fees. That's the if there's one metric I would look at, it would be that transaction fees are high. You know that's going well when that's happening. You know, so I just don't see I, I don't see any good reason to be happy, because the if the mempool is clear. Now look, I'm not trying to prescribe reasons for being happy or whatever. I'm trying to say from a purely perspective of being a node or being abstracting any human like you know just looking at a protocol for what it is and how it's designed. This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. You know? So so yeah, I commented us and I think this was this is something that people misunderstand. And everyone just wanting to th- want cheap things, you know. But anyway, speaking of lighting Network, uh this is shares cook. You know, Paul mentioned this, and I do this. this also like when someone has a weird name that I can't pronounce. I just remember the first one, K thing. So he's like Serge Kotlyar. I I I don't I don't know how to say his name. Let's try to put it 1st on now. So it's Serge. Oh my god! It's Serge. It's <laughs> Serge. Sorry. It's Serge Kotlyar. I think he also is following the podcast. By the way, shout out to to you, Sergey, if you're listening to this. Shout out to you, dude. This thread is incredible. This thread is just incredible. So you should read it. Like If, if there's anything that was interesting during this episode, you should read this thread. He, he, first of all, he has a snapshot from transactionfee.info, which is a great website, and it's done by the same guy who has observer. And I think uh, Bid and the Samurai people sponsor this thing. It's great. It's like everything about a website is great. They have meaningful statistics, and they even look nice. And a dude, uh, which his name escapes me right now because he has like a zero x ten something name. He he also writes very good articles. Anyway, so Sergey is uh, made um, a thread about the current state of the network right now, and he's explaining how the big point that he's trying to make is that transactions per day are 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 at a are at an all-time high right now, which is to be understood because when you have a lot of like price going up is gonna drive economic activity. So there's nothing crazy about it but then he also talks about the mempool over here and he even though like the um, this uh, we even though there's we were reaching uh we reached a peak in transactions per day which also happened oh sorry even though we reached a peak in transactions per day which also happened back in 2017 all right when we look at a mempool back in 2017, it spiked really high, and the fees were, were fucking nuts, they were bananas, right? But now, as he points out here, the fees are not the same, right? So what would be the reason for this? And he says the reason for this is because a lot of exchanges are doing batching. Batching means they, when you, you want to make more transactions. Sorry, batching means like, so let's say you're an exchange and you want to like send money out, out to, to your customers, Right? and it would make an individual transaction for everyone. Batching means right now that you wait like 10 minutes, and you get 100 people doing in those 10 minutes, and you push it all in a transaction. And that is going to save a lot of in fees. It really was, Because, uh, well, because of reasons. So, uh, because of signatures and whatever. So, he's saying that actually a lot of transactions do this. A lot of people also use SigWid right now. right? A lot of it, uh, SigWid usage is off the roof. And um, oh, she also points out here that actually... A funny aspect of this is that Coinbase is now probably the fastest and cheapest way to send a Bitcoin payment. They bet you 100 at a time. So even though they pay top dollar fees on the next block, you only pay a thousand, a hundredth of that. Which is great. That's good news. Anyway, uh, uh, and another thing he says here, he ended up with, and I also commented on this. it? Yeah, he says, to devs reading this, remember that the optimization math, if, you reduce, if we reduce load by 90%, we increase uh, throughput by 10, 10x. And if you're exchange reading this, it's late, but not too late to set up lighting. And I also made a point there, a uh, comment there that I don't think the exchanges don't integrate lighting because they don't want to do these things or whatever. I think the cost versus benefit, even though this is, there's a lot of times when you have a good idea and it's supposed to make things better, but because a certain way the world is set up, it actually has the opposite effect. And what do I mean by this in this specific case? Like, let's say I'm an exchange and I understand those things and I think those are valid points. So now I'm going to be like, you know what, let's try to uh, get a lighting network. We're going to have instant transactions. Da-da-da-da. And there's a few problems here. If you're an exchange, the first problem I can think about is that the hard limit of the, the LUT network has for now. right? And there's still a reason you have that, that limit there, by the way. This is still very experimental. So first of all, it's too experimental. Second of all, the fact that there's that limit, I, I do imagine, well, actually, my argument is not going to hold up because, I w- let's see how much that is. Zero point 0.1. The, the, the amount, how much is that in dollars? 0.16, I think it is, something like that. Yeah, okay, that's, that's $5,000. Anyway, I was going to say that that's not a lot of money for these exchanges who want to, like, um, shit on money. Nah, that's a bad argument. Forget what I said. Anyway, so uh, another reason why I think uh, they, wanna, uh, they don't want to integrate it is because if people, there's not good wallet support right now. Like, if you want to run a Lightning Wallet, there's a few wa- options with Eclair on a node which runs Neutrino which means you actually do have a note. I think they're running turn. It means you, ha- you have a real note, a l- real lightning node on your phone. So, so that would work. But I don't know how well support that is on both platforms. And then you have Breeze, I think, on iOS. I think that's an, that's an option, which is still in, in test mode. So you don't have a good wallet for that. And then if you want to run a lightning node, it's a bit hard. Come on, it's hard. Even if you have one of those Raspberry Pi Blitz things or whatever, it's still kind of hard. And on top of that, if you had end up running those things, they have to deal with the problems now. There's going to be different problems that are going to come up with these things. They have to—that's the to answer to it. So I'm not sure overall this like has a good uh, benefit for them. And now you're going to be like, well, that's a business decision. So they're taking business decisions. Well, they're businesses, by the way. Their existential purpose is to be a business and to serve their customers. So. And sometimes you have to make decisions like this. So I, kno- I don't know if we're going to see them integrated that soon. I know for a fact, um, what's their name? The guys who sued the Attorney General. BitPhoenix uh, supports this. But I've, I've never used them, by the way. So I don't know. So yeah, this is an incredible thread. Uh, for all the p- Because some people were saying that I always hate on things. No, see, this is something I like. This was really nice written. And it, ma- it makes like really good points. And, and this search guy, he wrote a lot of like cool stuff. QS like has really non uh, interesting things to say, and by the way, their business is like doing re- real fucking things, you know. Anyway, next time, what do we have next on here? Um, this is a tweet from Pump, uh, and he says everyone is underestimating the Lightning Network, and and someone commented that's an understatement. Yeah, I don't think so. Actually, I think some people are underestimating the network. I think there's a lot of people who don't understand that, actually. It, 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 it's, it's clearly a move forward, right? And as we're using this payment network to do different things, we, there's a need for abstracting things, right? And there's going to be a lot of things we abstract uh, that we know, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that never been done before. And we're going to do them because of Bitcoin. But nonetheless, we need to abstract. Now, when people designed Bitcoin, or Satoshi more precisely, I think he was very well, well aware of this. But he understood that there's such things in reality called trade-off. And you have to pick them. You have to pick the right ones. And because he, he, because he was very smart, and he, he clearly had a good vision and understood how this could be used in the future, He said, when we're going to build this, we need to have a solid base, right? And this makes sense for so many reasons, not just from a computer science point of view, from an engineering point of view, but also from a philosophical point of view, and also from an architectural point of view, from anything you can think about, right? So he said, we're going to keep the network very clean, and we're going to make it very slow, and we're going to make it very inefficient, right? Because we want it to be a solid layer. And we want this to be real money. And then you, we can do all the other things afterwards as we move up in layers. And Lightning Network sol- well, really makes Bitcoin instant and it makes it cheaper. But cheaper than the, than the on-chain. Not cheaper in general. Cheaper than the on-chain. right? So Lightning Network is just the thing on top of it where you pretty much lock some Bitcoin between some people and then you can move them around you can move them like uh, you don't actually move them around you keep track of whatever everyone has and you simulate movements of payments between the people right and then when you're done everyone closes the, their channel which is a great idea which really is a great idea but and yes a lot of people don't understand the impact of this like you can send some satoshi payments you can have payments per second it's fucking crazy it is great right and this will take a big load off the network at some point B- oh, an interesting thing to look at would be to see Ah, oh, I would really want to see a chart of like payments, transactions on Bitcoin put in specific buckets from here to here. That would be interesting. Anyway, um So yeah, I think there are a lot of people who under are under message. Probably people like him, because I th- I think this is the first time I see him tweeting about lightning. He probably just came to this right now. But other people are I mean I kind of like start getting on it from from the first time, so it's not like, you know, that news to me. For, but for him, he's probably at that moment. So he he that thinks, he realized that people who he hangs out with or like the more investor type people, they are definitely underestimating it. I think that's right. But I also do think that a lot of people in the Bitcoin community are overestimating it because the way oh – take, take a take a sip of water. Because the way this, the way Bitcoin works, you have, we we limited, we added a time component to the money, right? right. The reason we did that, uh, that was because we needed scarcity. And not just in the fact that we have scarce amount of coins, 21 million, but... We also need to have block space that is scarce. And and block space is that um it's like um block space is how would you define block space? Block space is this 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 you know what it's like this It's like if the mempool is like the purgatory, okay the the block is in is the heaven, right? So a transaction makes it in heaven. And once it's in, have, it's in heaven, you can't double-spend it anymore. right? So as soon as you realize this, a very precious resource from the point of view of an p- entity that's trying to transact is block space. right? And what, I, what actually ends up doing when you are putting a fee there, never mind you're bribing the miners, but what are you bribing them for? You're bribing them for a place in heaven in a block, which is Bitcoin heaven, right? And now the thing is that um, when you're actually buying a, 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 a small amount of space in a blockchain, you're buying that for life, right? Because transactions cannot be reversed anymore. So that's why, be- because this property is so important, never mind the censorship resistance and whatever, and markets are efficient, this is going to get priced in, right? And everyone's going to compete through those things. That's... Bitcoin works. That's the fee market, as we explained earlier. Now, what Lightning Network does, it 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 still uses this. It doesn't like fuck around with, it, with its things. It, it abstracts on top of it, and it has other trade-offs there. So, some economic activity that so behind one transaction, right now, you can have an infinite theoretically amount of other economic activities, right? But the thing is that. That, that, that's a trade, that you had some trade-offs to do this specific economic activity. It's not the same as the economic activity on chain. And the markets are gonna price this in also. So what's gonna end up happening, I'm making a very long point, is that there's still gonna be people transacting there because it needs this, right? And not everyone needs this trade-off. So, and, and even, even so, if that's the case, if you look around how many people are on the planet and this is gonna be used even 10 times more, Lightning network will not be enough to take all the load off. And all that, the the pricing of that block space is just gonna trickle down to the next layer. Because the Lightning network has pipes between them and the the other layer. And it's like water, water trickles down there. And at some point, that's not gonna be enough. So that's why I think that was a very long point. I did such a poor job explaining it. Anyway, I think that's why uh, Lightning network is a bit overrated. And also there's the fact that a lot of people don't understand how experimental it is still. It really is super experimental. And it's hard to use. It's really fucking hard to use. Even if you use a Raspberry Pi Blitz or whatever. And I love those things. I have one. I just love them. But, yeah. Anyway, you know what's weird about this Raspberry Pi Blitz? is like, when I got into Bitcoin, man, like, people were super fucking paranoid. They weren't trusting, like, even, like, hardware wallets to generate your seed because entropy attacks and whatever. Um... A lot of people weren't like trusting, you know, uh, the random number generator on the computer. Uh, so people were very paranoid with devices and stuff. And now everyone just has in their house this device by some guys who wrote it up. And, and by the way, they're really easy to include like a lot of shit there. As much as I like the Raspberry Pi, Bliss by guys. Uh, try to to, shout, shout out to shout uh, out to Christian, I think is the guy. He has a lot of shit there, you know. So I don't know how secure ours. But anyway. This was it for this week, motherfuckers. Uh, I should call you party, people. I shouldn't call you motherfuckers. But anyway, this was it. Uh, I hope this was a good episode. And until next time, fuck all the hookers. Do all the drugs. Be an outrageous person. Sell your coins. And keep slinging. dick.